0: evening you are tuned into the ladies view podcast where we discuss the good the bad and the ugly this is your girl and host Celine, and on the line it's our beautiful co-host heather how are you this evening
1: i am doing fantastic how are you
0: good good very well thank you i am glad to hear well listeners tonight we have an exciting podcast we're also discussing comedy which we don't normally do on the show right we I mean, not
1: We do not and we're funny.
0: I know I'm funny. <laughs> I like to think that I'm the funny one. <laughs>
1: You don't okay. think so, Heather?
0: You know I got jokes, right? Uh, you
1: you got <laughs> jokes, you got jokes, but I think we all kind of bring our, our our little angles, you know, and it makes us all kind of funny together. Yeah. Miss I, I think I'm the funny one.
0: <laughs> I so funny. All mm-hmm. right. Well, like I said, we've got an exciting podcast and interview tonight in albeit this man needs no introduction, with 25 years in the industry. You've seen him on BET Comic View, BET Live. Comedy Central's Premium Blend, HBO's Mm. Pete Diddy's Bad Voice of Comedy. He's hosted Showtime at the Apollo, opened up for Kings of Comedy, and the list goes on. So Damon Williams, are you on the line with us?
2: I am indeed.
0: (laughs) All right. Hello. (laughs) How are you?
2: I'm fantastic. How are you ladies?
0: Good, good. We are very well. Thank you very much for joining us today. And we're going to dive right in with the questions. Um, Let's talk a little bit about your background, Damon. Now, many people probably do not know, but prior to comedy, you were a Subway sandwich shop owner. Is that right?
2: That is correct.
0: So what was wrong with that industry? Why did you leave it? (laughs) Well, isn't it exciting?
2: several things um well I'd never worked fast food and even if you own a franchise you still have to be there when you first set it off so I ended up as a fast food worker plus I was only 25 so a lot of times people thought I was an employee so I had to correct that on some circumstances one was really hilarious um it just was like you know it wasn't what I thought it would be and actually to be a, um To make a lot of money in Subway, you have to own multiple stores and you really have to dedicate your life to it, I believe. Mm -hmm. And that was that was not the path. So since fortunately it was not making money and I sold it and that's how I discovered stand up.
0: Ah, okay. So you currently do not own any subway shops at the time. You're done, you're done with that, right? That's a pass.
1: <laughs> you, see, you see, we're trying to find out, right? Like, do you still own one? <laughs>
2: like, well, I can hook you up?
1: <laughs> right. right. So, hey, it was a valid a- question, right? <laughs> hey. We like those veggie sandwiches. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we do. All right. So, David, tell us, what have been some of the biggest challenges of being a comedian and working in the industry?
2: Well, I came in actually, and what I would say was um, like a renaissance or a golden era of black comedy because it was right on the cusp of deaf comedy jam. So some of the mm-hmm. obstacles that people may face since then and now weren't as bad. So like back then, if you were funny and you were made a little noise in your city, when the TV shows came around town, they'd have mass auditions. If you got picked in the audition, next thing you know, you're on cable.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Next thing you know, you're working across the country. So... Nowadays, one of the bigger obstacles it is, since viewership is so fragmented in so many ways um, that it's hard to, you know, make a name for yourself nationally. So that was one of that. So I'd say really I didn't face the same obstacles that exist now. But one of the challenges I would say would be, you know, being away for important events. Like I miss my brother's wedding, even though he didn't tell me in advance. And once you sign a contract, and get a deposit. Sorry, bro. Um, you know, I got to miss your wedding because I got to go be on this show. The flyer is out. They sent me half the and I sent it back. Um, and I, my son, you know, he plays sports. So there were times when, you know, you might miss a game or something like that. So being away from certain things and not being able to be around your people is the biggest challenge I feel. Right.
1: Now, even when you were working in and owning your subway mm-hmm. did you want to be a comedian then i know you said that you stopped that to be a comedian but was that something that you always wanted to do
2: no it's not even something i actually thought i would do i mean i've always been a fan of comedy and i was always humorous to an extent so prior to uh, owning subway I-, I worked at city hall and city of chicago in the purchasing department and i was the only guy in my office and it was all ladies and they would just laugh, and then they—you know—that was right during the era when Eddie Murphy was still doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. So I developed—they uh, actually nicknamed me Eddie around the office. <laughs> so, you know, so people—I mean, in that era, I mean, Eddie Murphy is really inspirational in me being a part of this this industry because seeing Delirious the first time and seeing what he did, how he took that comedy platform to a rock star status as a black man, visually for us because we always used to have uh, stand-up audio, you know, be cassettes or albums back in the day with your parents, blah, blah, blah. But we never really had television exposure. So that was the first actual VHS tape I ever saw was Eddie Murphy, Delirious. And that kind of really stuck with me.
1: So funny, I remember that one. And I I do remember also because I was a teenager the first time that I saw you
2: um,
1: on TV. And you were as funny then as you are now, I will say. Now, how long were you doing comedy in those smaller clubs before you got your start on Comic View?
2: Well, uh, the, the fortunate thing for me is, you know, I'm Chicago-based. And, you know, coming up in the circuit in Chicago, uh, if you look at the first two seasons of Deaf Comedy Jam, Bernie Mac, Adele Givens, Kenny Howe mm-hmm. George Will, Uh, James, Hannah, all these people rocked out from Chicago. So they would come to Chicago and they would come to All Jokes Aside. So I got my start at All Jokes. But my first television appearance came on a show called Comic Justice, which was uh, produced by Sinbad and his brother. And it was was the opposite or the antithesis to Comic View. So Comic View was, I mean, Def Jam was, you know, raunchy, raw. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) And Comic Justice was comedy with a social comic uh, conscience. And it was on Comedy Central. So I'd only been doing stand-up six months when they came to town looking for comics. And since I uh, was part of the open mic night on Wednesdays, they asked me, you know, to kind of consult with them on who should be on the show and blah, blah, blah. And naturally, they said I could be on the show as well. They had no idea I'd only been doing comedy six months. Mm, oh so, goodness. yeah. So that was really funny because it was a seven-minute set and about four minutes in, I drew a blank, like right. In the middle of my but the crowd, was, you know, it was a Chicago crowd. It was all jokes. It was a home crowd, so they were supportive. They like clapped like you got it. go ahead, you know. And then I remember I was saying, so they edited that out. But I, I literally couldn't get through seven minutes without being nervous, blah blah blah. So, um, but the small, you know, the clubs. I my thing uh, early in my career, I, I learned a niche, which was the college market. Mm-hmm. So. You hear about the Chitlin circuit and all the grinding okay. and the people, you know, working for wings and, and two drinks and blah, blah, blah. I did only a little bit of that. Plus, I had some money, so I didn't have, to, I was selective, uh, you know, because I just sold my right, subway so for one. you once. were on the
1: subway, so you were, like, good at that point.
2: Yeah, I was decent on the money, and I, I, I learned the business of comedy before. Oh, Lord. Hello. Yeah, we're here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought I heard something go off. <laughs> <And y'all>, oh, <laughs> Lord. Oh, Jesus. I'd have lost the podcast. No,
0: uh, don't
2: say that. Before <laughs> I learned the I mean, funny, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, what I would do uh, early, early in my career, I uh, promoted shows and put myself on as the host. And that way I could absorb this headliners fan base by people coming to see them. And, you know, but they would see me because they couldn't get past me because I was a host, for one. For two, I would get some of the proceeds because I was the promoter. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things that helped me be more selective in my choices of the shows I had to take and the choices I had to make. So that was a blessing. I always tell young comics now because I I really – I try to mentor comics as often. Anytime they ask me a question, my ears always open. I always answer my inboxes and my DMs from, from, you know, new comics. Uh, I always tell them they need to get a room where they're the host so they can not only – Learn how to to run a show and promote the show, but also it challenges you to expand your material because we have a recurrent audience. You can't do your same jokes every. Week.
0: Right, right. And Damon, who's your favorite comedian? Uh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Okay, uh, yeah, of course.
2: As far as setup goes, I mean Eddie, because of the way he did it. I mean Richard Pryor is the greatest. Mm-hmm. All yeah. time. yeah, All, All time. time. As far as stand-up goes, because he has so many stories and layers and, and pain and, you know, things that he would bring to the stage. But Eddie Murphy on the skill set had p- possessed more skill. He had the, the gut-wrenching humor. He had the swag at the time, even mm-hmm. though we didn't, you know, the was kind of shaky, shady now. Um, but he also had impressions and skits and, you know, stories. Right.
1: Hmm. okay so Damon you're from Chicago
2: yeah you're from
1: the south side
2: yeah
1: I'm of from course. the south side too I always I, like to like put that right there, I knew you were gonna say that <laughs>
0: talking you know she, she wants to be everyone's <laughs> to favorite from
1: Chicago yes you know you know I'm from the south side too so we have something in common just wanted <laughs> to let you know that uh, <laughs> Um, so your resume is extremely impressive. So Celine and I, as we were talking and preparing for the show, were like, look at everything he's done. And honestly, because I've been following you for, I mean, over 20 mm-hmm. years at this point. So it's like, I was familiar, but not as familiar with everything that you had done. I'm extremely like, I'm wowed by it. So when you have your quiet time and you're reflecting and like what's transpired throughout your life to get you to this point, what are the thoughts that are going through your head?
2: Um, You know, it's been a great journey. I have so many wonderful memories and experiences and association with tremendously popular, you know, famous people in in both comedy and music. Um, I think about you know the fact that I'm still relevant still in the game uh, i appreciate the fact that Tom Joyner has allowed me to be a part of his show on a weekly basis, and that has really you know stabilized my situation even more um, and it's just you know I have so many precious memories and experiences that's when in my quiet time, I think about those things um because right now I feel like I haven't even not only peaked but I haven't even plateaued in my career from what my and uh, my aspirations are. So to be able to have this ride and this journey and not be super famous, but still be respected, you know, throughout from my peers and those who follow comedy and not have to deal with stardom and, and fame because that can be that's a price you pay and you see a lot of people crack up and go through things. Dave Chappelle had to go on a hiatus. Martin Lawrence was running in traffic in a sweatsuit. Mm-hmm. You know yes. he's a Cat Williams has had his issues and, and all of that comes from you know the fame aspect of the business and other you know maybe substances and habits but um you know it's it's been great to be respected and and, and still be around and and looking forward to doing great right. things right yeah,
0: i feel like it keeps you very balanced which is a good thing uh damon you posted a campaign brunch for former president barack obama tell us what was that experience like
2: well it was funny because You know, when people see that picture, they're like, wow, you got a chance to meet (laughs) President Obama, right? And everybody's really excited about that. But at that time, he was happy to meet me. (laughs) Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, because because literally, I had worked with him, uh, with with Tavis Smiley, prior to that, Uh, Tavis had a... um, A mentoring program called Youth to Leaders, where we would go to several different cities and spend the day with some kids, and have workshops and blah blah blah. And at the end of the day, we'd have keynote speakers and that and the other. So when he was still a community organizer, Barack Obama was one of those community, uh, one of those you know keynote speakers to the kids. But I was already Damon Williams from Comic View, Mm -hmm. you know. So So. honestly, he kind of knew my work, and it kind of you know at the time it didn't dawn on me that it that was important because it was a skinny little dude, you know. He looked uh, kind of african with the dark lips like he might have just been smoking something. <laughs> <laughs> yes he did right right, right? So, yeah. so and he had the funny name you know so that it, it didn't really stick with me who he was and then as he was running for senate that's when you know they called me and um asked me to MC the brunch and you know i did my whole thing and he said through it blah 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 and afterwards i was like man can we get a picture and he said of course I said you might not remember but I uh you know I went into the thing with the tab. He said of course I remember you brother blah 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 blah. So if you look at the picture we took he's smiling bigger than me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was excited to meet you. That's
1: awesome. Yeah,
2: he was <laughs> happy I was working with him, you know, looking out for him. I, I took that the kid been. under my wing. Oh, wow. That's
1: fantastic. That is fun. <laughs> well, well, Barack, if you are listening to our podcast, you heard it from Damon. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, were exci- you were excited to meet him. <laughs> yeah. So we want to pick your brain on some
0: current issues, Damon. So today on okay. WGCI, Kanye, Kanye publicly apologized for a statement that he made earlier this year on tmc wherein he stated mm-hmm. that 400 years of slavery was a choice i'm not sure if you right. heard the interview with wgci but this clearly stirred up some controversy and today he apologized um right. one how as a black man do you feel about kanye's statement and two do you feel that his apology was sincere if you heard that interview
2: i saw part of the uh, a clip or two on leon rogers um Instagram today but first of all you know sometimes you say things in the heat of an interview and, and you can't take it back and maybe I mean the, the thing about Kanye and genius and whatever bipolar scenario he feels he's going mm-hmm. through uh, He's opinionated and he's steadfast in his opinion, but he also likes to stir controversy. He also knows how to market and brand himself. He can come across as, you know, eccentric and weird just so that the people follow eccentric, weird people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the 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 statement now, here's I'm gonna give you a, a contrast of the people's reaction to that. That statement, he said people were slaves for 400 years. That sounds like a choice to me. Mm-hmm. OK, but if everybody everybody loved Black Panther, right? right right loved and it the movie i mean it gave us a new sense of identity it gave us it gave us it gave us wakanda forever right but at the end of that toward the end of the movie killmonger
0: mm-hmm.
2: said i'd rather die than live in bondage so he made the choice not to be in bondage which is a choice to not be a slave ned turner chose not to be a slave so there is some basis behind it, but people want to jump on it. First of all, social media and society as a whole loves to be critical and criticize and be negative. Right. You know. Now the statement is, is you know, it, it ruffles some feathers, of course, and that's what Kanye does. But he could have had a point. I'm not saying I agree hundred percent with the statement, mm-hmm. but there were there were slaves who chose not to be slaves. They yeah. they ran. They 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 that fled really and they made right. their way to freedom. So some people did not go through slavery by their choice of not being. They took the risk, they took the chance. Mm-hmm. So, the apology I think is, you know, saving face sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, he, has, he has he has merchandise on the market. He has, you know, he has a brand. He has some they say he has financial issues but also I've heard the contrary to that is that he's almost a billionaire based on his Yeezys and other deals he's done with Adidas and so on and so on. Plus he got a, you know, a multi-multi-millionaire wife right. so he's not hurting. So, he has a safety net in case he does the dumbest of the dumb things. Uh, but, but he's, a, you know, he does. So, so he's a complex individual. He can afford to take those risks right. and he can also be human and, 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 and admit his mistake because he didn't have to come and apologize. Right.
1: That's true. Exactly. He, he didn't have to. Um, I will admit that I was on fire with that comment that he made some months back. And mm-hmm. we even had a you know, on our podcast, we had a discussion about it. And I was just like, no, no, nope, don't agree. And these are the reasons why. And I think that all that pressure obviously got to him, you know, and he's going through that whole um, thing where they're saying it's like um, him being married to the Kardashian. So like he's a part of the Kardashian curse. So I think that a part of it, he's trying to redeem himself and redeem his name a little bit.
2: Yeah, especially opinion. with the community, you know, I mean, but the other part of that is he followed it up or previously I don't know, before and after and associated himself with Donald Trump and then stood by his association with Donald Trump and said he's not going to fear the people and he can love who he loves and he loves all people and he's got dragon blood and blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah. blah. So,
0: but wait, we, we can love Donnie. What's wrong with
1: Donnie? <laughs> yeah. See, oh boy. Okay. All right. See, and this is this is when I get upset, Damon, whenever oh, Celine tries right. to throw that wrench. In Let's there, move on. That is when I start getting mad. am anyway. oh, I, 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 I about to <laughs> hang up on her? <laughs> no. <do> a- <laughs> <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. See? <laughs> we'll 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 talk later. Um so <laughs> Damon, are you Um
2: uh, Yep. I'm a huge football fan until about two years ago.
1: You are Okay, exactly. And that's what I'm going into. So um, what do you think about the craziness with the NFL wanting full submission with regard well, to the national. I thought anthem? they
2: rescinded that. I know they said that the players wouldn't be punished for kneeling or, or protesting just recently. But the fact of the matter is mm-hmm. no one should be forced to support the national anthem, the flag, or any of that. I don't care if you're at work or not. I mean, if you're going to separate church and state, if you're going to separate prayer yeah. from school, you can't make people uh, have an allegiance to a song and a flag, mm-hmm. in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Also, I feel like the the protest gets spun out of control, and is more so stoked by Donnie. <laughs> 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 Right. To be a, a, a silent protester. <laughs> I mean, it was the most respectful way to protest what he was doing when Kaepernick started to kneel, and it was he was given that uh suggestion by uh, you know, veterans. So the whole you first of all I'm a grown man. You can't tell me to stand, you can't tell me to sit, you can't tell me to walk. That's a choice. Right. Like slaves. Okay. <laughs> and the NFL needs to stand down on that. You know, if it, if it didn't affect their money, then they wouldn't give a damn. And the other part about that is it's a lot of rules when it comes to reverence to the flag and reverence to the, the Pledge of Allegiance and things of that nature that they violate. First of all, the flag should always be upright. It should never be final. And every game, they pull out a big, giant flag and spread it across the field and wave it flat, for one, if they're going to be by the letter of the rule. For two, if it's a free country, which is what the national anthem should stand for, the land of the free, then you shouldn't be able to tell a person what to do. And then as a corporate structure, the only reason why NFL is worried about that is because it was starting to affect their viewership and their money, they felt. right, right. But the, if you take away the black players, then you have no NFL. Yeah. yep.
0: Valid
1: point. That's Nothing.
2: a very valid zero. <laughs> the football league. So. so
0: how do you feel about Kaepernick as a player? Did you follow him when he
2: was a well, quarterback I, of the 49ers? Yeah. yeah, He was a, he was a phenom for a moment, but I think the, the, our, our alliance to him, as far as his protest is concerned, is allegedly because of the collusion amongst the owners to keep him out of the league right. uh, because of this protest. So they basically blackballed him, but it's been a couple of years since he played now. So, right. you know, probably you know, lost a step and don't have the skill level to even make a team at this point, even though he was forced out when he was at his peak. So that's, that's a complex situation. Then the protest itself, what he's protesting, he's bringing light to a, to a, a subject and that's, you know, police brutality and the killing of blacks and, and, you know, un, injustice in, in that, in the criminal justice system. I believe that's the point of his protest, but that's such a vague, vast issue that standing or kneeling or playing or pledging allegiance is not going to solve it. All he was trying to do is bring light to it. But, I mean, even if if if, if, right. if we boycott football and football vanishes, there's still going to be bad cops out there. There's still going to be crooked cops. So why are y'all ruining my Sunday?
0: For <laughs> <are> your Sundays, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, because none I, of us I, have I stopped watching
1: either. I mean, it's still... It's, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we I have a the, change,
2: you know, the so. also thing about that is here's the flip side: if you don't have a Nielsen Connect in your house, your viewership don't register anyway. <laughs> so you can be on Instagram, no football, and be at the crib at the screen. So, and
0: that was a good conversation. Well, <laughs> good, good stuff, Damon. What projects are you currently working on?
2: Well, right now, first of all, I, I'm. I'm really proud of my feature on time Join the morning show. I do seriously new news every Tuesday and then I do funny chair Friday. So I'm the comedic voice on the time Join the morning show for four hours, a, a, the entire show. And I've worked a long way in my career to, to be on a nationally syndicated radio show, especially the most important nationally syndicated radio for our community because of the social aspect of the times Join the morning show and the fact that he's about to retire next year. So I'm really focusing on that. Um, I have um, been compiling material for my one-hour show, which I want to shop um, and shoot. There's a, uh, there's one special that we already have in the can uh, with some more, and it's called All the Queen's Men. And she hosts, and it's myself, and Tony, Ra- uh, Tony, oh, Tony nice. Schofield from oh, Chicago, Ian nice. uh, Sanders, and two Ray Gordon, and we're all on that show with her. And, and that's about to probably hit the top. Of 2019, so I'm gonna let that do what it does, let them see what I did, and then the networks and the Netflix and the others will be like, "Man, let's see more from this guy." So then I'll have my material ready for that. I have a two books. Um, One is a autobiographical book in in reference to my stand-up career, and the other is well, leading up to my stand-up career, my life up to stand-up, and then the other one is a how-to. Because everybody wants to know, how do you do comedy? How do you want to be a comedian? Like I said, I mentor a lot of comics. So I'm going to do a book, So You Want to Be a Comedian, blah, blah, blah. Then there's an app oh. idea that I can't, even, I can't even tell you nothing about it. What?
0: What's but- the point of you being
1: on the show? <laughs> oh, why not? I tell, why, why I tell I you, do you, I mean, what- you <laughs> may look
2: up and I may not be doing comedy because I'm a billionaire <laughs>
1: Right, like this, I mean, you don't know us anymore. Like, I still nothing, <laughs> <cool>.
0: <laughs> okay? Well, if, if that happens, you got to come back on the podcast. Then,
2: I must a-
1: <laughs> don't forget us. Like, when you get you know, yeah, big time, like,
2: don't- <laughs> you know, I've also uh signed people. up with two different um agencies to, to represent because I have not even touch the surface of film and television when it comes to, from an actor standpoint. And that's, that's something I really, uh, I found that I have, at, um, I have the ability to do. I did a couple of independent films, uh, over the last two years, uh, actually about four of them. And two of them I'm a lead character. Nice. One of them I'm fully through. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, even though they were low budget and they're independent and they are probably just all end up on Amazon prime or they may go further. You know, Lord knows you can't set his terms. Um, but it gave me the the confidence and the insight to say, you know, I, I want to really tackle that muscle. So nice. Those are the and that and that you know, it's very exciting. That's believe exciting. me. And when people say, you know, because a lot of people have bigger hopes and dreams and aspirations for me and my career than I even have for myself early on. I wanted to be a stand up comic. I wanted people to come to a club and pay to see me. If I'm the picture on the flyer, want to be able to travel the country, travel the world, telling jokes. I've achieved that, and I've been doing pretty well with it. But the next level, for legacy standpoint, is getting in the films and uh, doing the, uh, that special, that one special that sits on the shelf next to Delirious and Bigger and Blacker and, you know, Killing It Softly with Dave Chappelle yeah. and, you know, the classic uh, Richard Pryor is something I said. Or, you know, I want i want that one hour to sit there that represents like a microcosm of what I've done and who I've become as a comic. So, And it'll happen. That's the...
0: yeah it'll happen
1: (laughs) yeah definitely definitely and damon we are definitely and we've already discussed this so we are going to find you in chicago now i've seen you already you Uh know perform at riddles uh years back but we're gonna come out and we're going to sit (laughs) in the front row okay (laughs) And we're going to yeah, act man, like better. we really do you <laughs> for real. Okay?
2: So you have to take pictures with us, and you have to act like we're like, we will be, but I'm sure. Okay. I, I'm really glad you mentioned Riddles, because that's another project that's, um, you know, it's kind of a pet project for me. The club is owned by a guy named Kenny, and Kenny actually went through a lot of uh, medical issues, and now he's coming out of them, but he's moved to Florida. His sister actually runs the club, but he was booking it, and he was, you know, first of all, there are no like traditional comedy clubs within the city limits of Chicago as far as other than Zanies, mm-hmm. And then they got the you know, But nothing that caters specifically to our audience. Um, so when, by him having that club, but not really you know, reaching its potential at all, I took the reins of booking and promoting it uh, at the end of March. And now now that the fall is coming in, this I'm going to kick it in gear. I just had J. Anthony Brown do a weekend takeover. Sold out all four. And he's hilarious if you ever oh, get a chance to see that guy so i'll be bringing in you know some national heavy hitters and um trying to turn that club into a powerhouse on the south side for stand-up for grown mature people who want to see real developed comedy not so much the um the microwave social media type
0: right right such as ourselves so thank you so much for that information and where can people find you where can the listeners find you on social media damon
2: Uh, Instagram and Facebook is uh, at Damon Williams Comedy. So, slash Damon's Comedy. But I mean, if you go on Facebook, I'm the first Damon that pops up. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) uh, Because you know, Damon Wayans, I don't even think he's on there. So, I'm I'm the next uh famous. (laughs) so Um,
0: uh, so Damon Williams okay perfect Damon thank you very much for coming on the podcast tonight we really appreciate you we appreciate your time and we will continue to follow you and your success your career your movies I'm gonna look up some of those independent films I'm a big movie person so I'll definitely look that up and I'll be the judge of your acting skills and whatnot you know (laughs) but um Thank you again, guys, for
2: a shortcut. It's- Same love with a Not another black movie is on Amazon Prime. Uh, the other film that you'll be able to find. Is, well, just look for me. There's a lot of stuff out there.
0: Okay, we'll look for you and then we'll post it up on our website. Our website is www.theladiesview.com. You can find us on Instagram, The Ladies View, on Twitter, The Ladies View TV, and Snapchat, The Ladies View Show. That is a wrap. Thank you guys for tuning into tonight's podcast and have a great night. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.